the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in to a hump day edition of the Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you with us on 94.5 in Dayton and 98.9 in Columbus. Your state house leaders are supposed to be getting back to it today. Working on your behalf. After all, you put them in office and they are there to enact legislation and govern the state of Ohio the way that the electorate wants them to do it. Gets sticky, gets messy when, of course, we have differing views in our major cities than we do in our rural areas. But one thing that is exceedingly clear from this past election and the elections before it is that Ohio is a center-right state, a red-leaning state, a conservative state. And that's why there was so much consternation a little over a week ago when the expected Speaker of the House, Derek Maron, was backdoored, backstabbed by a wing of the Republican Party, in name only, more accurate than in actual ideology, Republican So today, they're going to get back together. They were supposed to get together last week right after Jason Stevens was elected speaker, but they didn't because I think Jason Stevens knew that he was going to be facing some very angry Republicans who outnumbered the turncoat Republicans that backed him by a two-to-one margin. So I thought, ah, let's let cooler heads prevail, and we'll get back to work next week, and everybody will have forgotten or at least come to peace with the fact that, hey, we're all Republicans and we have to work together. We need each other. Well, it's not exactly going that way. Because the 40-plus, actually, let's say 45, 43 voted for Marin, 22 voted for Stevens. But the 22 had the backing of all 32 Democrats in the House. That's why Jason Stevens is, for the moment, your Speaker of the House. I say for the moment because I'm holding out hope that he won't be very long. And we will chat at noon today with Melanie Lenahan. She is a... Not a state representative, although she is a representative of a portion of the state. She represents Delaware County as a member of the Republican Central Committee. Now, the Republican Central Committee is one of those committees that you get to that spot on the ballot and you see a name and you have no clue who the person is most of the time or what they do, what their committee does. But the Republican Central Committee is the power behind the party. They can, sometimes do, make party endorsements in primaries. Now, you say, well, they're not supposed to do that. Melanie Lenahan and other state central committee members said that if they ran, they wanted to stop that practice of endorsing within the party because there was a lot of angst over Mike DeWine getting the official Ohio Republican Party endorsement in the governor's race when more people voted against Mike DeWine in the Republican primary than voted for him. The problem was 
that the portion of the electorate that voted against DeWine was split between Jim Renacci and Joe Blystone. So DeWine won because he had the career politician advantage next to his name. The state central committee might not do any more endorsing in primaries, except one of the things that is now under consideration is that they might view the 22 turncoat Republicans as unworthy of future endorsements from the party. So they weren't going to endorse. That was kind of the platform some of them thought should be enacted. Maybe we should look at this. Seems unfair for the party to endorse a primary candidate in the Republican Party. We should let the voters decide. But if somebody's a really bad candidate, and right now the 22 who sided with Democrats are viewed very skeptically by some staunch conservatives in our state with good reason. Well, they might find themselves in the crosshairs of the state central committee when it comes to the primary. But as it concerns our House General Assembly today, as they get back to work, what's that going to be like? Will the Derek Marin fans, the men and women who voted for Marin? Will they have, over the course of the weekend, gone to church, heard a sermon about forgiveness, and decided, okay, well, let's just fall in line behind Jason Stevens and hope for the best when it comes to the backpack bill and House Bill 616 and 454. We'll hope we can keep the LGBTQ indoctrination and grooming out of our schools. Maybe Jason Stevens isn't as bad as we thought. Nope, that's not the way it's going. Uh, We have a Republican caucus meeting today, the Jason Stevens caucus with the 22 who supported him for speaker. We have the Democratic caucus, which includes all 32 members that also voted for Stevens. And we have the other caucus. That's right. The 43 who voted for Marin and two others who were not there are meeting in a different place. And they do not like being designated as the third caucus in the House. Because, and they're not wrong, they have more members in their caucus than either of the other two. That is correct. They do. But this is not exactly how the system is designed to function. It's fact not at all how the system is designed to function. So we shall see where we go from here. Ron Ferguson, Jefferson County Republican, who's a Marin supporter, said... This is a third caucus, but I don't want to get it confused as ours is the third caucus. We are the first caucus because this is a Republican majority. Yeah, it is. Now, can we go forward with life operating like this in the Ohio House? Not ideally. Not ideally because... The 45 aren't enough to get anything done by themselves. The 32 Democrats by themselves aren't enough to get anything done. The 22 Republican turncoats and backstabbers and liars, because they all said they would support Derek Maron for speaker in November. And then, oh, wait a minute. You mean when I made that promise, you expected me to honor it? Why would you expect that? I'm a power-hungry politician. I want a plum committee assignment. I'm afraid some voters in my district might not like me if I vote for the backpack bill. I mean, I have teachers in my district, and they're members of the teachers' union, and they're really going to be mad if I give parents 
complete reign over where they send their kids to school. No, the teachers in my district would much prefer that the parents be cudgeled into sending their kids to crappy public schools where they can view transgender flags and pledge their allegiance to that. So there has to be some movement across caucus one, two, or three, whichever designation you want to give to which other group, because they have to pass a budget. And theoretically, there is an agenda item that's important enough to some people in one room and some people in another room that they would cross over. And I was hoping, I was trying to find a silver lining in this house double cross, this Eric, excuse me, Jason Stevens double cross. I was trying to find a silver lining and somebody said, well, there's a good chance that the Save Women's Sports Act is going to get passed, Bruce, because the 22 turncoat Republicans are going to want to do something to prove that they're not as disingenuous and they're not as given to lying and backstabbing people as their deeds prove them as. So they're going to pass the Protect Women's Sports Act, and then they're going to say, you see, you see, Bruce Hooley, you were all worried about this for no reason. Check out our conservative credentials. We passed Jenna Powell's Save Women's Sports Act. Well, they might in the House, but it doesn't sound to me like the Senate's too keen on it. Because the Ohio Senate, headed by Matt Huffman of Lima, has a chance, or had the chance, to put the Save Women's Sports Act into an education bill that is important to the Senate, which would return or give most of the power over education in the state of Ohio to the governor. It would take it away from the state school board. So all the Senate had to do was say, yeah, we've, we're very familiar with this Save Women's Sports Act. We don't want boys claiming to be girls playing girls' sports in the state of Ohio. We'll just put the Save Women's Sports Act, we'll put that provision right here in the bill, and we'll read it on our floor, and we'll pass it, and we'll send it to the House, and the House will pass it, and then the 22 turncoat Republicans can say, you see, you see, you see. We gave power to the governor, which, you know, if you're one of the 22 turncoats who joined with the Democrats, you probably like Mike DeWine since he's got a Republican label, but if you paid attention during COVID, you realize he governs like a Democrat. We'll give the power to DeWine over education, and we can say all your concern about us not caring about Authentic conservatism, conserving sports for boys, conserving sports for girls, will be disproven by the fact that we have passed this education bill with the Save Women's Sports Act in it. Ah, but no. Matt Huffman has not included the Save Women's Sports Act in the bill that he's trying to get passed to return or to give all power over education in the state of Ohio to our pocket governor. So, you can be upset about what's happened in the House last week and going forward, or you can be upset about what's happening in the Senate today. Neither one paints a very rosy picture in a state where you as a voter have said, I'm a conservative, but the electors say, I don't care. My last experience with our uh, nation's air travel system was not pleasant. I flew from here to Durham, North Carolina, and we sat on the tarmac in Washington, D.C., waiting for our connection um, for a ponderously long time. We had to sprint 
from our arrival gate to our departure gate, and we barely made it. Then the next morning, we left Durham on time, flew back to Washington. Same thing. Sat on the tarmac for an hour waiting to get to our gate. We thought, eh, no worries. Most of the people on this flight are from Columbus. Surely they will hold our connection. (laughs) No. And I got to spend six hours of my life I will never get back at Reagan National Airport. Well, there are many American citizens who are in this very jackpot today because all flights in the U.S. this morning were disrupted by a still mysterious computer glitch. Now, we heard about Southwest Airlines canceling thousands and thousands and thousands of flights around the holidays because they had an outdated computer system. It appears Southwest is not the only one. It's all of them this morning. Yes. And don't worry. Pete Buttigieg is on the case. I thought maybe the flights were grounded because the twins hadn't been chest fed yet. But I think Chaston and Pete got that taken care of. And the tummies are full. And all the flights now have been cleared to get back up there in the air. But what in the world happened? I mean, this is, is, there a, is there a blizzard, unbeknownst to me, gripping the entire United States of America? Something happened to one of the systems that allows one traffic air, air traffic controller to speak to the next air traffic controller mm. to hand your plane off. Ah, I see. So. Well, that could be a problem because, yeah. I mean, the vectors and all that. We don't uh-huh. want planes crashing in midair. That's right. Uh, the White House said today that, uh, never fear, President Biden has been briefed on the massive outage and that they have, as of yet, no evidence that it was caused by any kind of cyber attack. Uh Um, Is anybody confident that this will always be the case, that our uh, electric grid or our air travel grid or our water supply or anything else, that everything is automated, but apparently automated like, you know, the uh, with the same level of sophistication as a game of Space Invaders in the mid-1980s on an Atari gaming system. Uh, Buttigieg, is, but this has not been uh, a stellar start to the year for Pete Buttigieg, your former mayor of South Bend, Indiana. That's what qualified, that and running for president, qualified him to be the nation, and he, and he likes trains. He has confessed that he really, really Likes trains. Well, get him an HO set for Christmas and leave the leave the heavy lifting on transportation to somebody else, please. Uh, let me see. Just off the top of my head here, uh, we had a bunch of container ships parked in the water off the coast of California waiting to get our supply chain rolling again. That would be on Pete Buttigieg. We had an a rail strike fixed, then not fixed, and we have like thousands of Amazon packages scattered along the tracks in L.A. That's a glitch in the transportation system. Did That's on Pete. All, did they ever get all of the railway I don't know. folks to agree? I kind of lost track of that story. Yeah. I mean, their $24,000 bonus and all that wasn't... Is that what it was? Okay. I mean, that wasn't I good enough. They, Sorry. They all wouldn't buy in yeah. at that point in time. So uh, it is it is serendipitous that Mr. Buttigieg's first name is Pete, uh, because if you've ever heard of the Peter Principle... Uh, The Peter Principle is a principle by which executives are said to rise to the level of their incompetence. In other words, they fail up. He failed in South Bend, Indiana, where he couldn't fill potholes. He could not get 
potholes filled in South Bend, Indiana. So, well, let's put that guy in charge of transportation across the United States of America. What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, he could take 30-plus days of maternity leave, even though neither he nor his barf husband can give birth because neither is a woman. Nevertheless, he got 30 days or maybe more, maybe it was six weeks, maternity leave. But he rides a bicycle to work, Bruce. Yeah, fantastic. Tom Cotton tweeted today that Pete Buttigieg could not, what was was Senator Cotton said? Pete Buttigieg could not organize a one-car funeral. He was never remotely qualified for this role. But I, I replied to the senator with the obvious fact that Pete Buttigieg is gay and therefore he allowed the Biden administration to check another intersectional box on its list of unqualified cabinet members. <laughs> so Jennifer Granholm, who knows nothing about tra- who knows nothing about energy, except she in- she's heavily invested in energy companies that do remarkably well. I mean just Rachel Levine, the first female four-star admiral in the United States Navy. Unfortunately, Rachel Levine is a man. Uh, You know, more and more and more of this kind of nonsense. So here's the quote from Corrine Jean-Pierre. I said the quote, not the truth, because if Corrine Jean-Pierre said it, it probably isn't true. The president has been briefed by the Secretary of Transportation this morning on the FAA system outage. There is no evidence of a cyber attack at this point, but the president directed the Department of Transportation to conduct a full investigation into the causes. Oh, wonderful. Full investigation. Tremendous. More than 2,500 flights delayed this morning as of 8 a.m. Flights will be canceled throughout the day around the country because this is how this works. You are in Columbus, Ohio. You have a 10 a.m. flight. The plane you are going to be on is coming from Washington, D.C., except it never got to Washington, D.C. because it was grounded in Charlotte this morning. And so everything is backed up. And then when all the planes are backed up, then guess what? There's a backlog on the runways, and you can't get out. So while everything has hmm, resumed normal activity now that the twins have been chest-fed, this will dog our nation's transportation system all day and probably for days. It's another feather in the cap of Pete Buttigieg, who when he runs for president, whether it is in 2024 or 2028, keep a list of all his many failings in a role he was never qualified for in any way, shape, or form, except that his sexual preference was one that delights Democrats and shows how diverse they all are. Not competent, just diverse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.